and welcome back to Seven Knots, a bi-weekly podcast about connecting community with science. My name is Sheree Dinitsosi, and I'm a Navajo from the West Side. My clans are Sedish Gizinichli, Tachiti, Bashishchin, Kiaani Deshache, and Klaschche Edeshanela. My guest today is Emma Warren. She is the Executive Director of Grand Canyon Youth, or GCY. Grand Canyon Youth is a nonprofit organization that gets kids onto river trips and, partic- and participating in research done by various organizations. This powerhouse of educational science trips has been a great example of what happens when a community and science organizations come together. All right, well, let's get right into it. Uh, here's the interview with Emma Wharton. All right, so I am here with Emma Wharton, the executive producer of GCY. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> how are you? So um, just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Grand Canyon Youth. You are the executive producer of that. Director. Director? Producer. Yeah. I'm thinking of other things. I know you are. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I Not, kind of am a producer. And, I suppose. And, and sorts. <laughs> Getting my titles mixed up, as usual. Um, So tell me a little bit about Grand Canyon Youth and what it does and why, what you do. Um, Grand Canyon Youth is a nonprofit organization uh, based in Flagstaff, Arizona. And we connect youth age about 11 to 19 to the rivers and canyons of the Southwest. Um, And our goals are to help promote personal growth, teamwork, um, and connection to place. Well, um, so how long has this program been around? Who are the founding people? We have been around. This is our 21st year. Yes. And my 16th year here as the executive director. And um, Grand Canyon Youth was founded by three river guides um, who worked in Grand Canyon and who noticed that there were fewer and fewer young people in the canyon as the you know price of trips would go up and or um, you know families it became not affordable for families and so they were sitting around one day and said you know what we have this great idea we should um, make a program that is specifically for youth and they thought which youth is it should it be quote at risk youth should it be you know only certain kinds of youth and what they came to is that all youth can benefit from um, time on the river and um, they also really felt that ownership is important to any experience and so every trip has a community service educational and kind of fundraising or earning um, component to it. And so that just means that if someone wants to join the trip, they have to either raise the funds, have a presentation that they're willing to do towards the community mm-hmm. or something along those lines before they can join? Is Basically, that yeah. It, it's um, one of the great things about a river trip um, specifically or maybe a time in the outdoors is that they're, um, that it's something that you have to work as part of a team and step outside of your comfort zone. And so... Um, a lot of camps or educational programs, you know, parents sign their kids up and say, great, get out of my hair for a week. And the kids go and maybe, you know, have a great experience. But we really wanted youth to come who um, had some ownership over the experience. And so the ways that they can create ownership are by 
um, yeah, doing a community service project before they go. Um, because when you're on the river, you have to really step outside of your comfort zone and do things that you haven't done before and serve your team and your community on the river. Um, earn a portion of the cost of the trip. Um, if students have done that in some way, then they are more bought into the program than say if their parents just paid for them to go. Um, and then the educational piece, each program is designed um, custom, is custom designed, that's a better way to say it, is custom designed. And what that means is um, it might be a science trip. It might have a more socio-emotional goal, like team building or that sort of thing. And so they are also, that's part of what their ownership is, that they show up and participate in those that sort of educational aspect. Thanks. Um, I know when I was a participant of this group, I did a lot of science, uh, citizen science type projects. And I think from what I remember, you partnered with the Park Service and probably GCMRC, which is the Grand Canyon Monitoring and Research Center. Thank you. <laughs> that collaborates with the United States Geological Survey. <laughs> so many acronyms, yes. so little time. Welcome to Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and was that always the case? Did you guys always partner with parks or did that kind of just grow a part of the program over the years? Um, really, from pretty much the beginning, we had science as a component to um, most of our programs, and that was for two main reasons. One, while we really love to provide the opportunity for youth to connect with the river, we wanted them not to travel just as tourists. Mm -hmm. We really wanted to promote stewardship um, opportunities, and so one of the ways that you can promote stewardship opportunities is by learning a little bit more about either the challenges or the um, complexity of the place that you're going. And so um, I think early on we worked a lot with the um, vegetation department up at Grand Canyon National Park and did all kinds of yeah, all kinds of different projects. Um, and then we um, also worked with GCMRC for a long time and have done, gosh, everything from survey mapping to understanding endangered fish, um, emergent insects, oh gosh, campsite mapping. I mean, I could go on. We've done science projects with um, the county health department to better understand uh, antibiotic resistant MRSA that was um, emerging in the canyon a little bit. I mean, we have done a whole lot of different um, variety of science projects and I think one of the benefits of that is that the youth get to really be hands-on and um, learn a little bit more about what's going on in um, the place where they're traveling. Um, and hopefully that translates to larger um, understanding about where they come from, whether that's water or endangered species or you know ecosystem diversity. I could go on. <laughs> I love science. I always remember... The big uh, rally and call and all the trips was a yay science. Yay science. And I think every time I visit you at the office here, I should at least said once somewhere in the background as we're you guys are packing for trips and things. I know science is a really big thing, a part of this program. And I think it makes it more than just a, a summer camp kind right. of thing. It definitely, at least from the years that I've been here, it changes people's lives, certainly. It, to change mine for sure, but I mean, just like knowing the people that were a part of the program, half of the people, or if not more, I don't know, you probably know more people. Um, how many of the participants do you know of just like went 
curveballed into science after this program. Do you know? Well, I do not have any hard data to use a scientific <laughs> term, um, but anecdotal d- data, um, there's a lot of, I mean, we have a lot of youth who um, have ended up choosing to go into science or policy fields um, in part because, in large part because of the um, opportunities they had as part of our programs. For example, uh, on both of our um Partners in Science programs this year on the lower half that was is was an alumni um, who did trips when he was in high school is now getting his master's at um, Northern Arizona University and is studying studying the tamarisk beetle mm-hmm. and so it was really fun for him as an alumni to come back and work with participants in the canyon um, and he said it was really fun and somewhat surreal to be like <laughs> oh now I. I'm doing this type of project. And we've had that happen a number of times where alumni come back and um, are now doing science projects with us um, in that way. But I'm trying to think fisheries biology, GIS, um, forestry. I'm just think, trying to think of a lot of the different science scientific fields that youth have gone on to study. Geology, lots of geologists. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm hearing a lot of different organizations as you're listing all these things. How is it working with so many different organizations to put together these trips? Because I can't imagine. <laughs> um, well, I think that it is indicative of our values as an organization. Um, you know, building a strong community is one of our values, um, especially because being on a river trip is being part of a, a small floating community that will never happen again and has never happened before. That's one of the things that I love about it. So each group gets to sort of go through its community formation as part of that trip. And so in that same way, um, how do we as an organization that is connecting with other agencies, whether that's other nonprofit um, organizations or other government agencies or schools or, you know, all kind of, even a few, you know, um, businesses I would consider our partners. And so um, for us, it's really how do we get the level of quality of program um, and what is that? what are the needs of the place and how do we um, help to kind of connect youth with collecting that data or um, having mentors along that they can learn from or, you know, all, a number of things. And so, yeah, we, we have a lot of different um, partners that we work with um, and have over the years. We have a, um, we currently have a graduate level practicum student from Northern Arizona University who is developing a citizen science model for us because that's one of the things that we've noticed is that because we've worked with so many different groups over the years, it takes a lot of energy and focus to um, really make it a meaningful citizen science project. So what are the elements that make that happen? How do we make that more replicable and really set the scientists or the um, partners that we're working up, working with up for success so that we can kind of have that best um, impact, the greatest impact for our participants and the place and for collecting the data. And so, um, yeah, it's a two-year project and um, we're, we're learning a lot. It turns out there isn't as much um, as... Uh, happening in the larger kind of field of citizen science um, as it relates to, you know, really doing quality data collection as we thought. So 
we're having fun developing that and learning um, and hopefully, yeah, implementing that in the coming years. Yeah, I, it's so funny. I think in a sense, I've kind of grown up with this program. So yes, my, have. <laughs> I have. So my view of like what citizen science is, I'm like, oh, there must be a ton of it because this one program does so much. And right. um, I'm having an interesting time looking around like what is what is citizen science? And I think at this point, it's just kind of um, finding the different programs that people are doing. And more often than not, I'll hear GCY in the background right. as like the citizen <laughs> science that is happening. Right. <laughs> So um, it's really cool to see that you guys are kind of developing a, a framework that other people can work on because this is, a, I think, a really successful um, example of what citizen science can do, not only for just science and knowledge of what an ecosystem is, but in strengthening a community, starting with the kids. It's a really cool Absolutely. program. Yeah, one of the things that we're trying to get better at doing is, one, how do we engage um, participants in deeper um, questions mm-hmm. so that they um, the model that we're using is the inquiry model and so it's not just about oh we need to do the protocol for this project which you do so for the data to be used but also you know to develop curiosity and to develop critical thinking mm-hmm. so that because I think those are skills that are not just 21st century skills, but are really great skills for being an advocate for a place, for being an advocate for yourself or a community is asking really hard questions. And so that's one piece that we're trying to develop a little bit better. Um, and then reporting back. So um, there, you know, we've been doing uh, this emergent um, insect project for, gosh, I want to say seven years. And it's been so interesting over that time to see what has the impact of the data that youth have collected on the way that the place is managed. And that's one, because we've been doing it for so long, you know, the dam, the way that Glen Canyon Dam um, is managed is different Mm -hmm. because of the data that youth collected. And we haven't really had a great way to report that back to participants after the trip as alumni like yourself and say, oh, I was working on this, you know, humpback chub data. And I think you probably did survey point database. I was, I remember most <laughs> of what we did was survey points, survey beaches, point lots of beaches, Correct. <laughs> finding um, a dot on a map. Right. And so wouldn't it be cool a few years later to come back or even the year later and say, here was the impact of that project that you did mm-hmm. on other projects because that project impacts so many other science projects that happen um, within Grand Canyon. And so, yeah, trying to find better ways so that uh, you, that we as participants um, and humans get to understand what our impact is um, when we do and when we collect that data so that it's not just data in a vacuum, yeah. that it really went to creating a deeper understanding about a species or creating a platform that a lot of other scientists are using and don't have to do that baseline information because it was um, created um, by participants back in the day. Um, And really overall to kind of create a sense of like youth voice or like youth impact um, because I think that that's something that um, is really valuable for young people. And I'm meaning young people up until you're probably like 30. (laughs) <laughs> you know like what was the impact? I'm so glad to be <laughs> under count. that 30 <laughs> under 30 group <laughs> like I'm still there still there for a couple more years right exactly <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so that's really cool. Um, I think one way, one thing I want to kind of try and focus with this uh, podcast is just to kind of do something tangible each time mm-hmm. of like how people can get connected with the citizen science in the group. And obviously, if you're within the age range, you can apply to the program <laughs> um, as a participant. What what is the process of that? Just for eager listeners to know. Eager listeners to know. <laughs> um, so there are three main ways um, that participants um, come into our program. Um, the most common um, is through a school-based program. So if you are a you know, student in Flagstaff, Arizona, we work with pretty much every middle and high school um, here. And so talk to your teachers, talk to you know, your administrators and find out, you know, is there a program at your school? Chances are there is. Um, if you are a teacher or a student that is outside of the Flagstaff area, um, you can uh, put together a program to come and participate and do a Grand Canyon Youth um, program. We have schools from, I want to say, maybe seven or eight different states right now. Um, and then the third, and then the other way, um, the second way is we have peer support programs. And so those are much more on the socio-emotional side of things. So I won't necessarily talk about those. Those are, would be, you know, if you are a youth in foster care, um, for example. Um, but then the third and final entry point, which you participated in a lot of those types <laughs> of programs are called individual expeditions. And so um, they are programs that are open for individual youth from wherever to come and participate. Um, and we have uh, a few of those um, in the main stem of Grand Canyon, on Cataract Canyon, and on the San Juan River. And we're developing one um, on the Verde um, for 2020. Nice. And so um, those are what I love about those is I think that often in our lives we get sort of siloed with the people that we know at school or the people that we know from where we live. And what I love about those programs is that it often mixes those up. You'll have some kids from Phoenix and some kids from Ohio and, you know, some kids from inner city LA. And so it really like mixes up where um, youth come from. And so it's starting totally from scratch. They're, the common, you know, experiences that of bringing them together are the experience of going downstream and a willingness to be there and to do science and to learn. So, um, and you can sign up on our website, www.gcu.org. I'll be sure to include that in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for, for community members that are interested in participating, donating <laughs> to this organization, um, I know you guys do a bunch of events throughout the year, generally in the fall. Correct. So what are the upcoming events that you have coming up? Um, our biggest fundraising event is coming up on November 2nd, and it is the Rivers and Reels fundraiser. It's a film festival in, um, about uh, rivers, and uh, we have pizza, and there's a silent auction, and I love it because it just really brings together a lot of alumni, parents, river guides, teachers, um, donors and kind of gets us all in one place and really celebrating the magic of what Grand Canyon Youth does. Um, and so, yeah, please come to that. It, um, it's really fun. And it was in August. It's November 2nd. November 2nd. Yep. And then I don't have the exact date off the top of my head, but we have a mountain sports event coming up in September 
kind of like a back to school um, kind of event where we'll be um, doing the first, I think it's a Thursday, like the locals Thursday event at Mountain Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but our website is a great place and, and our Facebook page um, our, and Instagram are great places to kind of find out about kind of community events that are happening. <laughs> As she's saying. Um, and then if there are community members who are maybe working on a science project or are, are interested in collaborating with us in that way, um, they can also, you know, reach out, um, reach out to us. Uh, for example, we had a scientist who is um, a graduate level student from California who's studying microplastics and was really curious about what are the level of microplastics in Grand Canyon. And so we worked with her so that she was able to do some data collection. And that is something that is really relevant and applicable to every, you know, every person that's going on our programs. And so, um, you know, we're always looking for interesting and relevant projects that we can um, connect with in that way. That's really cool. Well, um, I'll also be sure to include that in the notes. (laughs) So many notes. Well, uh, thank you for talking with me today. Um, That's, there you go. That was an interview. That was so much fun. (laughs) Hopefully I didn't talk too fast. Uh, no, I think you're fine. You know me, I talk fast. (laughs) I think they can handle it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Emma Wharton. Uh, I will include all of that information in the show notes, so be sure to take a look at that uh, when you're done listening. Um, If you know of any kids who are interested in river trips, I highly, highly recommend signing them up for it. Um, They also have other programs as the interview had talked about, so be sure to check that out if you are not youths. In the meantime, uh, let us thank you for listening. I really appreciate everyone who has liked the Facebook page or found me in other ways. Uh, we do now have the podcast available on iTunes, uh, trying to work on Spotify and other bit large uh, podcatching apps. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we are always trying to expand what we have available. I hope you all have a good week and uh, hope you listen again in again. Thank you. <laughs>